We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The baseball game is over. It's time for the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show with Tim Allen on The Fan. It is a final, the games and the series. And it ends with a, well, a loss and a win. And welcome, everybody. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Tim Allen talking some Brewers baseball tonight as the uh, Brewers win the nightcap 6 zip and they uh of course fall in game one and and again they take this series though guys three games to two so you did pick up a game on the cardinals but in the meantime as you were trading victories and losses and then victories and losses uh the since don't look now the cincinnati reds have worked their way into the picture big time as the Brewers right now as we sit with 11 games to play here in the 2020 championship season. And the Brewers sit one game back of second place St. Louis and Cincinnati as there's a tie for second place now. Now the good news here with the 11 games uh, remaining, they do control their own destiny in a way. They've got the three games against Kansas City after the off day tomorrow. And then it's a three-game set in Cincinnati, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, so you can gain that ground back that you lost on Cincinnati while you were trading victories here with St. Louis. And then you've got uh, to finish up the campaign, a five-game set again against the St. Louis Cardinals. And it does not appear that these uh, <laughs> these two organizations here, the Cards and the crew, have uh, any love lost here because uh, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. Three... Uh, the Brewer hitters, hitters were hit by pitches today uh, just in game two alone, and uh, that's going to be one hell of a ride uh, starting next Thursday as the uh, campaign winds to a close. Uh, Thursday night game, a Friday doubleheader, Brewers and Cards. Saturday is a night game, and uh, Sunday an, an afternoon affair. So still, uh, the Brewers control their own destiny, guys, and that's where, that's where we're at here with 11 games remaining. And, it, you know, about a month ago, 
one of our callers had called in and said, hey, where do you want him to be? I mean, what, what's the target mission here uh, throughout the uh, rest of the campaign? But that was, this was you know, well over probably a month ago in the season. And I said, get to that 10-game mark. Get yourself in a situation striking distance with the 10 games. Well, after Friday's game, there's your 10-game mark, and they're in this thing. Regardless of what happens on Friday, uh, they're, they're in this thing with 10 to play, and, and you have to appreciate that. Uh, David Stearns made some comments the other day that, that I definitely will echo the sentiment. Uh, they, are, they should be grateful they're in this situation for as bad as they have looked. Uh, and, and I agree with that. For <laughs> somehow, some way, Craig Council has got this team in the mix here. Uh, let's go back to our game recap as the Brewers do split this doubleheader. And and I did, uh, I, I was uh, at a point in which today, those of you just, just coming aboard here after the uh, game is over, uh, you guys know me after 15 years, I lose my mind once in a while, I'm super passionate about the Brewers, tend to stay as positive as I can, um, but, but still true to... Uh, reason, if you will, I have to say that I was more mad during the win than I was during the loss. I'll explain that coming up in a bit. How is that possible? How is that, how is that humanly possible, Tim? I mean, you're, you're bleed brewer blue. And so, yes, I will, I will make this make sense. I was more mad at one point in the Brewers' victory in, in the nightcap than I was upset in game one when they lost. So stick around. <laughs> I'll have that for you. Let's go back to game one. First inning, Woody, 11 pitches. Three up, three down, no problems. Brewers to work in the bottom half of the first inning. An infield single for uh, Avasail Garcia. That was overturned on replay, but Yelly then with a base hit, and it set the table. Bottom of the first, two-strike, two-run bomb. No balls, two strikes to Keston Hira. And there's a drive, deep left field, and that is gone. A no-doubter for Keston Hira as the Brewers grab an early 2-0 lead. Well, the Brewers starting to score early in games last couple of days. And a two-spot, Keston Hira starting to feel it again. Yeah, two zip, his 13th on the campaign. Brewers lead two zip into the second inning of game one. A solo shot from Tyler O'Neill on a 2-2 count. Another two-strike big hit from the St. Louis Cardinal team. I got to wonder about the pit selection. I really do, guys. And, and in the offseason, we'll take an extensive look at uh, catcher's ERA, Omar Narvaez versus Manny Pena versus Jake Nottingham. I do wonder about that stuff. So it's two to one into the bottom of the second inning in game one. One, two, three for the crew in the bottom half. Woody, eight of a double play scoreless. Well, each team in that third inning into the fourth, two to one Brewers. Cardinals get to Woody and they get him into trouble. Lead off base hit by Goldschmidt. An 0-2 pitch to Brad Miller, a flare shot double. That was super lucky and that was a turning point or was it? So they're second and third with uh, with nobody out in that fourth inning. Brewers up by one. 
Here's the Great Lakes Dragway turning point with the legendary Great Lakes Dragway track rental and event information at greatlakesdragway.com. A nine-pitch at-bat to Matt Carpenter ensued. That, to me, was huge. He did get him to pop it up. Second and third, one out. But that, that sequence right there from Matt Carpenter to me was definitely a turning point in game one, without question. They don't walk O'Neal with first base open, second, third, up by one. I, again, we have to understand the gravity here. The gravity and the importance of these baseball games here. If you walk the guy, you load the bases, set up the double play opportunity. Nope. Sack fly O'Neal, and we are back tied and then a strikeout gets him out of that inning. He did minimize the damage in that fourth inning, did Brandon Woodruff. But bottom of the fourth inning, Cruz offense doing the disappearing act mid-game, one, two, three in the bottom. Brewers don't look right. In the fifth inning, ground ball to Peterson. He throws it away. Runner goes to second base. On a ground ball to third to the next hitter. Looks the runner back, throws to first, and then the runner still gets to third. Jerko. Can't get the ball out of his glove to throw to third. Then another 0-2 pitch. Tommy Edmond this time. An RBI double. Then they pick off Edmond for the second out. But damage done. 3-2 Cardinals lead in the bottom of the fifth inning. Brewers a chance in the fifth inning. Two out walk to Narvaez. A base hit by Garcia to bring up Yelich. Oh, man. Roll over to second. Did hit it. I guess it wasn't your standard rollover. He did hit it pretty good, but... And we head to the sixth, and it's 3-2 to two St. Louis. Former Brewer Brad Miller, first pitch sequence there with one out, solo shot, 4-2 to two into the bottom of the sixth inning. Brewers, feeble, offense, 1-2-3 in the sixth. Woody's going to finish this thing up in the seventh inning, 1-2-3, and he gets it done. Three earned runs, four runs in to- all, all told, but three earnings through seven innings of work for Woody. Come on, offense, really? And then the Brewers in the bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, not good. Just one, two, three. Nine strikeouts in a 4-2 loss in game one. After the loss, the Brewers 22-26, and 26, four under, 12 games remaining in the 2020 season. Now, where is Braun? Where is Ryan Braun? Now, we've talked about this a long time and a lot. And what was the uh, – Austin, Texas is with me tonight again. What was the comment? Just just normal life or regular life gets him too? Was yeah, that the comment ev- from Craig Council? everyday life gets him. They're worried about ev- his everyday life. Everyday life gets him also. Okay. So with a 22-26 and 26 mark and really backs against the wall, you really need to win this baseball game. Take the series, 3-2. to two. Pick up a game in the five-game set. And there's Ryan Braun in the lineup. That a boy. There you go, Craig. There you go, Brawny. You're ready to go. You're ready to go after a two-hour game in game one and a 40-minute intermission. Two hours. You mean to tell me you're ready to go? You're ready to go at, uh, like, what, six, quarter to seven? But you weren't ready to go at four? It's okay for you to play at seven, but it's not okay for you to play at four? I was fuming mad when this happened in game two as the Brewers try to hit uh, win the nightcap. Brent Suter, uh, a couple of base runners in the first inning, 
to the bottom. Lead off hit by pitch by Avisail Garcia. Yelly works a walk. Here's for the first time in 15 years why I was upset. And it's crazy, but I was. Ryan Braun at the dish. And there's a shot into left field. He hit it well, and there's home run number 350 for Ryan Braun. Well, he's heating up, isn't he? Seems like every year about this time, he starts to take over. And did it last night. Did not play in game one in his first at bat, a three-run shot. Fastball, pretty similar location as to last night. This time he pulls it. A line drive for Ryan Braun. How about that? How about that on Fox Sports Wisconsin? 350 home runs in the man's illustrious career in a Brewers uniform. Why am I so upset after a three-run shot in his first A-B in game two? Someone, again... You know, the Brewers are in this thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm just picking this thing apart because it does aggravate me. The explanation isn't owed to me. I'm not saying that. I don't need to. Nobody owes me anything in that Brewers organization. But you guys try to tell me why it was okay for Brawny to to play at 630 in the evening, but not at 4 o'clock in a must-win game. In a pennant race with your season on the line. I'm not satisfied with the explanations given, guys. Additionally, if he's that fragile, why is he at bat in the sixth inning of a six to nothing game in game two? When any swing, according to the fragility of Ryan Braun, any swing could end him for the year. With three outs to go in this nightcap. He's got a bat in his hand, and he's ground ball to short and running things out. This makes no sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Tell me. Somebody make it all make sense. I shouldn't be this angry with, with this situation, but I am. I'm honest, and I think it's legit. I think it's fair. Then explain to us. So so us Brewer fans don't get so angry about it. Why can he go at 640 and he can't go at 410? Why can't he go in both games of a doubleheader today with the off day tomorrow? Why was he in a baseball game yesterday with a 10-run lead? Why was he in a game today with a bat in his hand with a six-run lead? If you want to get him rest, there's opportunities to do that. It doesn't mean he has to play every pitch of every game. But to get him the first two or three at-bats to have an impact on a Brewers win in a pennant race is paramount. Puh, puh. I'm popping my peas. Sorry about that. Brewers lead uh, three to nothing after one as we, as we continue our game recap. I'm serious. I'm not kidding you. This is not some radio schmaltzy bit. I mean this. Uh, walk to Keston Hira after that bomb by Braun. Uh, three in, one out. Keston Hira moves over on a wild pitch. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Nobody out right there. And this is cool. I took this in my notes. Pro at bat. Vogelbach, as he grounds to the right side, moving a runner over. Hmm. 
Imagine that. little old school popping up here in 2020. Why? Because Jed Jerko does this. Two-strike pitch to Jerko. And it's hit in the air to left field. Tyler O'Neill at the track. Just in front of the wall, but plenty deep enough for Hero. So a sack fly for Jerko and a four-run first for the Brewers. What about that? The producing runs, manufacturing runs, walk wild pitch, get him over, get him in with a sack fly. Gotta love that, huh? Man, I feel like I'm back in the 80s. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, no doubt. LePay and Schroeder there on Fox Sports Wisconsin. That is cool to see that type of baseball just pop up for a minute. Uh, let's see here. Into the second inning, Brewers in the nightcap have a four to nothing lead. Each team scoreless there in the second. Garcia with a two out double in the bottom half. Into the third inning, leadoff base hit by the Cardinals in that third. Suter then strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. That a boy Brent. Uh, it's four zip bottom third. Leadoff double by Braun. Gee, wow, boy, does he have an impact on baseball games, doesn't he? Uh, Keston Hira almost hitting the face. When the next batter hit the visor of the helmet, uh, first and second, nobody out. Line out by Vogelbach. Jerko hits into a an inning-ending double play. Uh, you're wondering if that opportunity is going to come back to haunt him. Into the fourth inning, Freddie Peralta enters the game, throws a scoreless frame, and a big inning by Freddie to hold it right there into the bottom of the fourth inning. Lead-off base hit by Lando in the bottom half. Uh, but no runs for the crew into the fifth inning in a holding pattern. Freddie strikes out the side in that fifth. That's significant, guys. In four zip, Council's going to go with his his men in the back, and that's Devin Williams and and Josh Hader. So that fifth inning was paramount in a seven inning game here. Uh, scoreless for Freddie, six up, six down in his performance today. Brewers, a couple of base runners in the bottom half. Uh, one was a base hit by Vogelbach, but then this to Braun. The ailments that he's had, but he now has in his career, and he just got hit by a pitch. That's the third guy that Oviedo has plunked. Baseball up and in, just you know, brushes the arm. I'm not sure the umpires are talking about. I mean, they're congregating between you know, pitcher's mound and first base. Third hit batter tonight. Are they warned? Yeah, they have warned. You gotta be kidding. That's uh I mean that's ridiculous. I mean I can't believe I mean the guy's wild. I mean Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's uh well whatever. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not out to drill the guy. It's kinda of way, you know, the, the you know the season is, you know, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean you kidding me. You give a warning on that and not he's not trying to hit anybody. No. Oh well. We just work here. Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, there's your are-you-kidding-me moment of the game. Well, at least one of them with Gene Wagner Plumbing. Company you can trust. Commercial, industrial, residential needs called Gene Wagner Plumbing. Go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. The real are-you-kidding-me moment happened with Craig Council's Game 1 lineup. So it's four zip brewers in the nightcap into the sixth inning. Devin Williams. One, two, three in the sixth. A couple of more punch outs. He is outstanding. Brewers tack on in the sixth inning. After one out, an infield single, his second of the game by Orlando Arcia, and set the stage for Jacob Nottingham. Walls two strikes to Jacob Nottingham. 
And there's a drive, left field, and gone for Jacob Nottingham. Not going to take away another hit. Sends one over the wall and left, and it's 6-0 Brew Crew. Six zip and the uh, sixth inning, and Ryan Braun had a bat in his hand in there. And uh, Yardley would pitch a scoreless seventh, and there's your Brewers' victory. Needed it, got it in game two on the aid of a uh, three-run home run by Ryan Braun as the Brewers, after the game two victory, now 23-26, and 26, three games under five hundred, one game behind both second-place teams. And I say both because it's not only the St. Louis Cardinals, but it's now the Cincinnati Reds. Your reaction at 414-799-1250. You see the impact Ryan Braun has. And I love the dude. And I've talked to him a million times. He, um, yeah, I, I won't say that he would invite me over for dinner, but we will hear from Ryan Braun tonight. But I, I will just say this. He gives me grief a, a time or two over the years about my smoking cigarettes outside in Miller Park. And I'm there early enough when he gets there and he'll, he'll you know, make mention of Tim. Those things are going to get you and whatever. And, and I don't care if this ruins the relationship, whatever it was or is with Ryan Braun. I don't care. But I want an explanation why he is not playing 14 innings of baseball when the season's on the line. Only because of the way he plays in September and the impact uh, that he has on games. I'm just not satisfied with the answer. Are you that fragile? What is the answer? I cannot believe how upset I was when anybody in a Brewers uniform hit a three-run homer in a pennant race. It's just, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself for even being upset about that. But when you lose 4-2 to two in a huge game one, and it's only a seven-inning game, get him some ABs. If you don't like the way the game is going, then get him out of the game, get him ready for the nightcap. In a 4-2 game, you can't tell me that an at-bat or two from Ryan Braun may have changed that to a victory. You can't tell me with any degree of certainty that it's 100% wrong. You give yourself a best chance to win, and why am I angry? Those of you just tuning in, uh, thank you. Um, why am I angry about a Brewer split here? They're still fine. I mean, they're in this race. I understand. I totally get it. 11 games remaining here in the 2020 championship season. But you explain to me why it's okay for Brawny to suit up and play at 6.43 in the evening, but it wasn't good at 4.10 in the afternoon. And why he was in in a 10-run game last night, why he was in 6 to nothing in tonight's game, grounding out to short, having to swing and having to run if he's that fragile. It doesn't make sense to me. Something smells here. It does. I'm sorry, it does. Something's, something's just wrong with that scenario. Run him into the ground on your way out of town here in the 2020 season. There's nothing to wait for if you don't get in the postseason. You have to get wins now to get in. I don't know. It's just, it just set me ablaze when he hit that three-run home run. I just looked at game one and just I was incensed by this. I wonder if other Brewer fans feel the same way. I just wonder if, or, or if it's a, indeed an overreaction. 414-799-1250. Dave, 
Northwest Side. You're on the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Wow. You know, I wasn't even going to call and talk about this. I was going to get off my Craig Council soapbox, but geez. <laughs> I know. Tim, well, explain it to me. What, Tim, I just want you, you know, I've been hung up on by people that have doing the show with you. I have not been put on shows because of my Craig Council uh, uh, opinion. You are always and, welcome here. I will tell you that, Dave. Well, the last time I called, you know, Gary and uh, Sparky hung up on me. Yeah, I don't. I don't the, have the phone bank in front of me. That's that's on them. The I'm. I, this is all about bizarre decisions that I don't understand. I wasn't even going to call about that, <laughs> you know. But I agree with you. Two seven run games. That's high school double headers. Yep. That's what it is. There's no. There's no excuse for him to not play. But, you know, if nothing else, they could have DH'd him. <laughs> right, and he was running around in, in right field on top Thank of it. Thank you. Thank right. you. But anyway, so now you understand my angst, and my angst has been going back for two years now. So this is – I'm glad you're starting to see the light. and Maybe you'll start looking at – at his decision making with a little bit of a, a question mark instead of, instead of you know, well he's resting this guy or resting that yeah. guy. Yeah, and Dave, I'll keep I'll keep you here uh, for the conversation, but it goes beyond just the start, as 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 we've mentioned here. We you right. have to put the collective factors involved. Being in a game with a, t- a ten run lead, I don't care if it's the fourth or fifth inning. Get him out of the game if he's that damn fragile. Right. Today, up six runs. With three outs to go with Josh Hader in the wings in case things get a little dicey, okay, get him out of the game then. And as you yeah. said, another factor, why didn't you just at least DH him in game one? Thank you. But here's, Tim, there's something else I wanted to talk about, so I don't know if I should should change the subject yeah, on you. Absolutely. No, you're all right. You're all right, Dave. You know, I'm, and I, I've been a coach I'm a football coach, basketball coach. I don't normally do this, but I have a theory as to why the batting averages are so low. Okay. Well, if you're a batter and you're in a slump, what do you do? You work with your your, your batting coach and you work on your swing until mm-hmm. you get it right. Somebody needs to get and take these umpires and look at all the missed calls they make you bet because it's just screwing up the hitters it is it's not just the brewers i have seen some of the most outrageous strike calls i mean guys aren't even framing pitches anymore they're just catching them outside and the umpires are calling guys out jerko gets a ball a hanging slider at his eyes today and he gets called a strike yeah so now he's down on the count it, it, it's just, these guys are just discombobulated. It's not good pitching. I just think it's bad umpiring. And I yeah. and I think it's league-wide. Oh, oh, for sure. And and we, we cannot uh, discount the fact that a bunch of umpires did opt out this season. And yeah. So you do. Some of these are veteran guys, too, that are that are calling strikes six inches outside also. And, you know, right. how I many agree. times has Yelich and, and Braun and these guys just shaking their head like, whoa. I mean, it's I've a nightly seen, occurrence. I've never seen Yelich argue a strike three until yesterday. 
and he's been yeah. with us for three years. Yeah, yeah, he's so, usually pretty And I have one tame. last observation. Shoot. And this is for Jacob Nottingham. Yeah, you hit a home run. It was a meaningless home run with a 4 to nothing lead. And the bottom line is you're hitting 154. <laughs> Somebody needs to take that guy aside and say, you are a great catcher, but you are worthless as a hitter, and you keep swinging from the heels. You are not going to last long in a major league. Somebody needs to straighten out his swing. The guy is so strong, he doesn't need to swing yeah. that hard. He Dave, starts making I, I, more contact. And he I'll leave really you on good. this. I'll leave you on this, Dave. At some point, I expect you and I to meet in the middle on Craig Council. All right, so we're we're starting to to, to become Tim, just a little more a little more toward the middle. Okay, Tim, I have been wanting to call you and say, after the season is over, I will sit down, buy you a beer, and I will present my case to you. Where we don't deal. have to talk about it on the air. Deal, deal. Okay, you got it. You got it, Dave. All right, take it easy. Seven nine nine twelve fifty. Yeah, there there are some that uh, do not like s- some of the uh, some of the decisions that Craig Council makes. Let me get one more in here before uh, before we get to my first break here. Again, someone has to explain it to me. I understand this. This was a huge win. Six zip in game two. A just a monumental win. They all are right now. We're down to 11 games left. The Brewers are on the outside looking in, but right there on the cusp. But why was I so angry when Ryan Braun hit a three-run homer in game two? It was, and it marked, the first time I think ever, this show or not this show, 15 years certainly of this show, I don't ever recall being angered by a Milwaukee Brewers home run let alone a 350th home run in someone's career, let alone a three-run homer to take the lead in a pennant race baseball game. I mean, even outside of the show, I just don't recall. I, I, I just am not satisfied and not that they owe me. Don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not expecting anything to make Tim happy from the organization. That's not what I'm, what I'm saying. I'm just saying my perspective is, I'm not satisfied with why Ryan Braun can't play 14 innings of baseball, but he can play another at-bat when you're up 10 or up 6. Or he can run around in right field two hours and 43 minutes after the first game started. But two hours and 43 minutes made the difference, didn't it? He may have won that game in game one today. Now the, the entire landscape changes all right let me get in adam here adam you're next baby shade and blind post game show thanks for taking my call tim big fan um dave kind of stole my thunder with uh ryan braun not being a dh at least we're in september Mm -hmm. i mean come on please put in the best players that we have what council's doing switching not having any consistency in the lineup I think is hurting us but um, again Dave good call stole my thunder I'd buy a beer myself but (laughs) at least put him in at DH he's a leader he's a veteran he's somebody we need on the field at least in the batting position like you said he can't it doesn't matter if he's running around in right field or not DH him in the first game 
play him, and if he's got a DH in the second game, that bat needs to be in the lineup. Nottingham, by the way, I'm a big fan. Yes, I'd love to see more contact rate, but I think that kid has a great future. Thanks for taking my call, Tim. All right, Adam, I'll tell you what. You're 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 invited to the uh, Tim Allen beer roundtable in the offseason. How does that sound? We'll just throw a couple of 30 racks of high life out on the table and just we'll get down to the we'll solve we'll solve the world's problems you you and dave and i we should, austin you want to be invited to the brewer tim allen brewers beer round table of course i love high life <laughs> okay all right well i gotta get to a break way late for a break i want your opinion on braun and why he's being utilized this is a perfect example of what we've been talking about for a month At what point then, if 11 games left or 12 games left or 13 in a pennant race chasing the team you're playing today twice, at what point then do you play him every day? The answer is pretty obvious, isn't it? They're not going to play him every day, no matter what. That doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't. Tell me why then. Help me understand why. Not that you owe me that explanation. You don't owe me anything. But help me to understand. Help other Brewers fans to understand that are buying the season seats, that your season seat holders uh, ad campaign is going on right now. I think it would be beneficial to us to hear why Ryan Braun can't play 14 innings of baseball. But the separation of two hours and 43 minutes from first pitch to first pitch made the difference in you playing some more? Wow. I'm still a little incensed by this, but I'm pleased that the Brewers did. Hey, they recovered. They won the nightcap. They won three out of these five games. And that, hey, that's not such a horrible thing. It really isn't. But boy, oh boy, how four and one would have made the difference, right? 799-1250. Uh, Brewers split the doubleheader. They lose the opener 4-2. They come back uh, in uh, in pretty good fashion here. Six zip in the nightcap. They're marked now 23-26, and 26, just 11 games remaining here in the regular season. Getting your reaction. We'll hear from Craig Council, and we will hear from Ryan Braun. That's all coming up. A lot to get to. Stick around. You're listening to the Baby Shade and Blind postgame show here on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time for the current electric spark of the game during today's game on The Fan. Go to callcurrent.com for your superhero electricians. All right, Brewers split the doubleheader today again. The split on Monday, the split on Wednesday, and they take that middle game last night, uh, 18-run output last night, but that didn't help them in game one today. Spark of the game. How about this? Ryan Braun, three-run bomb in that first inning of game two. That sparked up a Brewers victory and a much-needed win. They end up winning the game six-zip with current electric. All right, also your Chevy MVB brought to you by Chevy, the new 2020 Chevy Silverado still there for you at your local Chevy dealers or at WisconsinDriveschevy.com. How about Ryan Braun, since we're on the topic? (laughs) He's your Chevy MVB. See, boy, I'd like to give him two of those in one show, but he he didn't play. So 
Um, I, I do, uh, I do want to uh, chill a little bit uh, on this, but I just the factors that are involved here are just too paramount for me uh, to not know what's going on. And they don't, again, need to tell the media, or, or maybe more importantly, um, they don't need to tell their opponent the fragility nature of Ryan Braun on how he can be, hey, one swing and he's gone. I mean, we're, we're walking on eggshells here. It's thin ice here. At any moment, Brawny could be gone for the year. It seems like it's like that, doesn't it? All we know is what we know. All we know is that he doesn't play a lot. Or, check that, he doesn't play as much as he should, considering that you hold back on him early in the season. Why would you hold back? And the the understanding from at least my point of view would be so you could run him a little bit more or a lot more down the stretch when it's really needed. Another factor involved here. Your hitting has sucked most of the year. You could use all the help you want. It better not be the fact that uh, against Wainwright, he hits uh, just over 200 lifetime against Adam Wainwright. Is that why he didn't bat? Is that why he didn't play in game one? He was in the on-deck circle when the game ended. So he obviously was available. 414-799-1250. Uh, let's go to pick a mic. There's a few mics on, on hold there. Austin, go ahead. Mike, go you're Mike on the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. They're in Greenfield. Mike in Greenfield? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, my wife told me, get ready. We're going to go out for a little bit. I don't want to tell you where I am. But um, it's tough for me to follow a couple of these guys you have on. Uh, I haven't been invited to the round table, and I'm not sharp enough to go. But I would fetch beers. Um, anyhow, back to the game. Um, yeah, I saw that. I thought Brown had Braun was uh, had a hangnail or something. But then I saw he was getting ready to bat if they needed him. And I, I, I'm a big fan of councils. But uh, and when I called in the night before when they lost, of course there were only three outs to go. And um, I think anyhow, um, you kind of thought, well, there were only three outs. That's not so bad. But uh, man. If he would have been in that first game today, and it's it's not like it's football or basketball. I mean, hey, it's tough to hit a fastball. It's tough. Yeah, oh, it, it's very very challenging. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying in, in a four-two ball game, sure. the impact of one swing of Ryan Braun's bat could easily equate to a victory. And he's been coming through in the clutch. He he's oh, been man. he's been doing it. He's you know, been awesome. Um, anyhow. Um, I better uh, I better uh, hop off. So, we, but hey, I, I'm I was uh, I'm glad that he, they split and uh, the season's on, man. It's their September. They're gonna they're gonna go to the World Series and win it. Guaranteed. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, that was a two beer segment of the roundtable, the the beer bash roundtable with Tim. Um, Let's see. Uh, Ryan Braun has been really good to me over the years. I do have to say, he's been super nice to me. He's been super gracious enough to get, grant me interviews when he doesn't have to. Uh, over the years, and I think the media members, I think we may have conveyed this to you uh, uh, time and time again over the years. He knows when the media is in the clubhouse, 
and he knows when to avoid certain areas of the clubhouse. I mean, he's got to go in and get dressed and whatnot, and some some are vultures, uh, media members, and they'll just wait and wait and wait, and then when he, he has to come in and, and grab a few things, it's like, no, man, I'm eating or whatever. He's been really gracious. In fact, after the whole you know PED thing, he granted me the first one-on-one interview following all of that ordeal. Um, and again, I I don't have... I love the dude. I do, and I think he's one of the best brewers of all time. Think about that. So this is no knock on Brawny. I'm not knocking him. Hit home run number 350. Hey, that's some rarefied air here. Been has, has been one of the most clutch hitters since Andre Ethier's run. You remember some years ago, that dude is just winning baseball games all the time, but I mean, he is, is just absolutely he thrives in those moments, in those key moments in Brewer's history. He always seems to be, in recent history, he's, he's always seemingly right in the middle of it. But it's tough to be in the middle of it when you don't play. I mean, for crying out loud, no offense, Brawny, but you couldn't play because you had an infected fingernail this year. I mean, I'm assuming it's from biting your nails, maybe. I don't know. I was a nail biter for a long many years. I get it. I know how that works. Horrible, horrible habit. But you need to play baseball right now. And Craig, I don't know if it's you or him or the combo platter of which you guys have a conversation each day. Is this an hourly thing? Is this a, do I feel okay one hour? Then I'm not good the next couple of hours. Things tightened up. I don't know. We don't know. And that's what sets me off. I get emotional about this baseball team. You guys know that for 15 years. I I just love them. But sometimes the inexplicable nature of their decisions sets me ablaze. It does. And I think I'm fair to talk about this. This is fair. All I ask is what's fair in just about everything I do. And just understanding, just help me to understand something. At 4.10, he's not ready to go, but it's quarter to seven, he is. And if he's that fragile, why why is he getting an A-B when you're up by 2.8 million runs? Why is he getting an A-B today in a game when you're up six with three outs to play and you've got Josh Hader in your hip pocket? I mean, it's not like you're chasing runs. He was in the on-deck circle in game one, so obviously he was loose enough to play. There is a DH. I mean, I don't, I I just, all of these games are so pivotal, and you guys know full well that any game hinges. You don't really know it sometimes when it happens. Hinges on one play, and it was happened to be just a harmless, seemingly harmless thing with one out in the fourth or something. But then you look back and you say, my goodness, that was the turning point in this ballgame. You just don't know. In a pennant race, it's just magnified. <clears throat> and now that we're hanging on every pitch, because that's what a pennant race is, that's, that's cool, that we're hanging on every pitch, these things are getting just more scrutinized and magnified and debated. Uh, 414-799-1250. Mike on the south side, you're next on the fan. Hey, Jamie. What's up? Uh, I'm, I got two takes. Um, Braun is really short, just like his uh, playing time. I said weeks ago at the trade deadline, trade them to a team in California, Dodgers. Well, they got 10 teams, right? Padres, 
they they don't want him. He plays once a week. I thought Dave's call was really good. Mike, I hope you're not driving. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why people are getting on console. You got two MVPs that are doing nothing, and you're blaming the coach. Am I getting too loud? No, you're you're good. Okay, and now my second take. These umpires are looking for trouble. They're having Hit a bad batters, year. Chin music. Hit batters. They're, they're lucky they didn't put here out. They missed his freaking eyes by like three inches. Yeah, that was I scary. Was, you know what, Tim? I was waiting for a brawl, and I think if Molina would be in there. You know the Cardinals? They're a good team. They got titles. I think they're they look they like to do this. And if there's a melee, I would stand behind Vogelbach because no one's coming <laughs> over there to that big boy. <laughs> That's and true. you don't want him over by your house for dinner because you're gonna have to go shopping it next day. Thanks, <laughs> That's Tim. true. All right, take it easy. Now I would invite you to my uh, off-season Brewers beer drinking roundtable. Uh, but I, kn- I know I'm pretty sure we heard, didn't we hear Austin that, uh, Mike, uh, in, on the South side, he's not a drinker anymore. Yeah. I thought that's what he said earlier uh, this I, year. I think so. So he, he wouldn't, I could tell you, uh, tomorrow with the off day, I definitely will escape with alcohol. Um, there's no doubt. And I, I'm not condoning that people, uh, go out and, and do this. Maybe I am. Maybe. Um, there's this, this corner bar. Austin, you ever been to my corner bar? Yeah, you, you've been there. Yeah, we went after we went golfing. That's right. We went golfing, went to this corner bar. It's called the main event. I can tell you I'll be planted at the way at the end of the bar tomorrow at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. I got a date with a, a bunch of high lifes tomorrow just to, just, to, just to warm up for the stretch run starting Friday. It's three games against the Royals. Make some hay there, please. Don't have a little setback like the Pirates series. You recall that? Uh, but make some hay against the Royals, then go at it. The the final eight games of the season, starting Monday, eight games in seven days, doubleheader on Friday, three against the Reds, five against the Cardinals. Buckle in. It's going to be it, it's going to be a finish. So you have the the eleven games left. What would be a fair amount that Ryan Braun should play in those games? Now, what the organization would tell you is that, well, it's day by day. We, I mean, we don't know. Everyday life gets him. Honestly, if it were me, you're starting every game. We'll pull you back when we deem it necessary or when your body deems it necessary. You're going to start every one of those 11 games, every single one. That includes the doubleheader on Friday. We can talk about you DHing and not running around. We need offense. To get this team into the playoffs, they need they need to score runs. And so that means if Vogelbach's got to play a little first base, you're going to have to gamble on that. For crying out loud, Keston Hira plays second almost every day. That's a gamble in itself. You've seen him play defense. How can Vogelbach be any worse? Jerko needs to start at third base the rest of the games. I need to take a close, hard look. This is all about offense now. Pitching is keeping you in all of these games. You should have no problem with the pitching right now. Everybody manning up out there. 
You know, you're in such tight ball games because your offense is, is crazy bad. And then it's magnified that the pitching staff isn't doing their job. They're doing their job. Offense is what you got to have. It's got to be Jerko in there every day, all 11 games. There's no tomorrow after this. You can tell me I'm crazy. It's 11 games, not 111. It's 11. Maybe the game has changed so much on me that guys can't play 10 straight games anymore. Is that the case? That's that's garbage. That's garbage. Right now, it's garbage. Uh, 11 games should have your best offense out there. Matchups, I get it. Set your, your batting order uh, accordingly. I'd have to have a consideration of Narvaez or, or Nottingham. I think the pitching staff is handled a little bit better by Nottingham. That's just, that's just me. Um, you know, just a simple ERA, a catcher's ERA bears that out a little bit, but that's all about as deep as I've gone in analyzing those numbers. Um, but you, you got to have Brawny in some capacity in all 11 games, don't you? And where's the benefit to not having him there? When you say, well, we, we, we want to make sure that he's there for the rest of the way, but not game nine. Well, we got to make sure he's there for game seven, six, but not game four, three, and half a game two. I, I don't get where they're going here. This was mandatory that Brawny played some baseball today. And the impact that he has on this baseball team goes beyond his production on the field. He impacts a game just being there, just being in the lineup. Just like what uh, Council said about Yelich the other day. And I agree with that. It's the guys around him. It's the way they, they approach a, a particular hitter like Braun or like Yelich. It's about pitch counts. It's about what you glean from, a, from an A-B against Ryan Braun. Maybe it's a Vogelbach behind him that sees a couple of things against a veteran like Braun that he learns from. I mean, there's just so much that is involved with a Ryan Braun appearance. I cannot tell you how important it is. Apparently, I mean, I, I'm the, the easy answer is he could get hurt at any time, so you want to play limit, you want to limit him. You want to watch over him. Well, stop baby caking. Enough. It's time to play baseball. You've saved him up. Hell, you were sitting him on rubber matches of Cub games. I mean, so, okay, then where's the payoff for doing that all year? There isn't, there, there isn't the, the, the treasure at the end of the rainbow, is there? So we've waited for nothing, not having Ryan Braun in the lineup consistently this year. We've waited for nothing then. Wow. Um, all right, well, let's hear from uh, Ryan Braun coming up. Let's hear from uh, Craig Council on the way. And we'll make room for you. I just, I, I've got to settle down. I'm going to step out and have a smoke is what I'm going to do and just chill for a little bit. I promise. It's the Baby Shade and Blind postgame show after this doubleheader split as the Brewers fall in game one with their ace on the mound. There's another factor. Their ace on the mound who pitched pretty damn good. Seven innings of four-run baseball, only three earned. You should have won that game. It's offense. Hats off to Wainwright. Yeah, curveball, curveball, curveball. 
and then you bounce back and you win uh, game two. You took the series three games to two in the five-gamer. You're right in this thing, guys. One game back of both Cincinnati and St. Louis, 11 to play. Uh, we'll hear from Craig Council next here. Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on The Fan. All right, welcome back. Brewers split the double header today, and they stay in this thing. Yeah, you, you know, you wanted a little bit more out of this, but that Cardinal team, they'll battle you. You know that. And the Brewers split the double header, losing the opener 4-2 and uh, coming back in the nightcap, winning 6-zip on the arm of Brent Suter. Also, uh, Freddie Peralta hidden in there was uh, was a great performance for a couple of innings to hold it right there. At a four-zip lead, yeah, you never really are comfortable there against the St. Louis Cardinals. You get it to six-zip, and then you call off the dogs just a little bit. But uh, Devin Williams does his thing in that sixth inning, and Yardley finishes up things in the seventh. Brawny, a three-run home run, 350 in his career here in Milwaukee. And that is uh, – it's just been amazing to see his career do – do what it did, and and I'm not saying necessarily that it's over quite yet. 11 games to play here. Let's uh, check the pulse of Craig Council after the doubleheader split. Craig, after uh, five hard-fought games, you guys went three and two, picked up a game. Um, just how do you feel about where you stand and what you got left? And got the ribs right in the middle of this thing now, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like from our end, I kind of feels like we held serve almost, you know, we, um, you know, we, we put ourselves right in the middle of this thing. Um, and, and, you know, we, we do have five games against left against one of the teams that's uh, that we're chasing um, and, and we're within strike, you know, striking distance of, of both of them. So, and there's, there's still, you know, I think, what do we got to see five, there's 11 games left. So we got a significant number of games left. Um, you know, and, and so we're right there, man. It's, you know, 11 games to go, one game back. That's, you know, that's, that feels, um, you know, we're chasing, but we're, we're right there. Craig, where did all these first inning runs come from? Yeah, it's, 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 again, I mean, I, you know, I we probably doubled our first run out our total for the year in, in, in a day, which probably is not a good thing to do at this point in the season, but, they were big. They was they were big today, especially in the second game. You know when you know we it was that was a big game for us, obviously. And um, to to get off to Ryan, just getting us off to a great start and, and a big lead, um, was it was absolutely huge. So I mean, you, you, that's what first inning runs do. I mean, I think they create confidence. Uh, they create um, for the pitcher the, an attack mode, um, and it, it's 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 just easier playing from from ahead. I think it was Ryan or Jacob who, who said it like, you know, game two was really important to come back, like with that energy to not have a letdown after a disappointing loss. I mean, did you like how they responded right away? Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is that it, it was, it was critical, you know, and I think it was critical not to get in that game of uh, it just made it easier on us to not get into kind of crunch time in that game and have to scrape across the run or something like that. Um, 
so it was enormous. I mean, and Ryan did it again, man. He's, he had, he set a heck of a homestand. Uh, he's a great homestand, huge hits. Um, and another one today. What is it about Ryan at this point in the season? It seemed last year, he really came on strong this time of year as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think when you're, um, at a place that he's at in his career, these are the games that you, you you're dying to be in. You, this, these games you want to be in, and um, it's a credit to his skill set that he's able to deliver in the, the biggest game still. Um, and he's at a force, and then he's a presence in these games. It's it's a real credit to him. Craig, from your vantage point, I wanted to ask you about Adam Wainwright. Uh, what impressed you about his start and getting out of that at bat against Yelich that could have been big for you guys? Well, he's, he's a tough customer and, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to over, he's 39 years old. And so what he's doing at that age, I think is, I think that's what you're, you, you marvel at a little bit. And he's, he's just a pitcher. He just knows what he's doing. Um, he's got a special curveball that he's able to, that he has, you know, commands and has feel for as good as any pitcher that I've seen. Um, so he, he pitches off his curveball. You know, most guys pitch off his fastball. He pitches off his curveball, and um, it's it's a it's a really effective pitch. Craig, even even though Woody, you know, got the loss in game one by going the distance, he allowed probably allowed you to set your bullpen up exactly the way you want it, and then you get a brilliant bullpen game in game two for four guys on a two hit shutout. So at least that part of it worked out pretty well. No, that's. You know, that, that's what we say. I mean, those are so important. I mean, even the Cardinals guy, I mean, it, you know, I was hoping you get four runs and you're trying to knock that starter out and make them use a bunch of guys. We were unable to do that. Um, but in the first game for us, it really set, let us manage the second game kind of however we wanted to. Um, and the, the guys were brilliant, but it, it, um, it was important. I mean, I think, you know, that the game – you know, in the first, it's like the first night when, you know, that tie game that you, you got to decide, you know, whether you go for it or not. And then, um, but what he got a seven innings and that was beautiful. And the, and the seventh inning was just as important as just getting us through that, through that game without using a guy was really important. And he pitched well, he, he made, you know, I thought it was, a, you know, they had, they had the, the Miller hit with, with two strikes was kind of a, you know, he dunked it in and then the, um, and then the Edmund hit with two strikes, um, you know, other the kind of pitches that I probably wish, wish he had back, but he pitched, he pitched really well. Or I'm sorry, the O'Neill pitch with two strikes. Craig, late in game two, you were sort of seen shaking your head after the hit by pitch. Um, what, what are your thoughts about, about Ryan getting hit? Um, I mean, it, it just gets frustrating after three guys get hit for sure. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time to dive into the box score for today's game on The Fan. Brought to you by the Laborers International Union Local 113. Feel the power. On the web at liuna113.org. All right, yeah, you just heard from Craig Council a couple of things there on the hit-by-pitches. Uh, yeah, there's three of them. And one was a little scary to Keston Hira there. Came a little bit too close to the face. I mean, if you want to hit a dude, then go ribs. Pick the third one down and just drill it. Okay, fine. Uh, the one with Braun, uh, I just 
I don't know. I'm a little curious about all that hit-by-pitch stuff. I'm not saying it was intentional, but I can't say it wasn't either. And you just heard Craig Council's reaction there. I think it is unfair when dude hits three of of uh, the Brewers' hitters and then both benches are warned. You know, that's the thing I don't get. I mean, what did they do? So, you know, uh, what if this game were tighter? And, and this situation has come up quite a bit over the years where both benches get, get worn. The one bench didn't do anything. That pitcher didn't do anything. One ball happens to get away from him. And, you know, there's, uh, there's just no margin of error there to pitch inside. I think that's a little unfair. We'll see. Uh, hopefully the Brewers are still going to be in this thing when that five-game set starts next Thursday in St. Louis against those same Cardinals. Uh, the other thing is he went accolade-laden uh, uh, comment on, on Ryan Braun being in there. Boy, does he uh, perform in these big games and down the stretch. And, isn't that something? It's what we've been talking about tonight. Again, about, about set me off again. In order to do that, he actually has to be in there. I mean, we weren't talking, but just a couple of weeks ago, had to had Ryan Braun batting fifth or sixth in this lineup. Just kind of, just it's they're head scratchers to me, guys, and and it just smells the the whole thing smells why Ryan Braun isn't playing fourteen innings of baseball today. I, I just, I dude slugging five twenty one. I mean, to to see Brawny come up there and and in these clutch situations in huge games do what he's doing and it's puzzling that boy he's not in there the next day it just is and we think it's because you're saving gas you're saving some gas to have it in the tank down the stretch obviously not that's that's just not true because we're seeing it bear out that it is not true fact check on that <laughs> there, there was, uh, what, at the start of today's play, 13 games left in the heat of battle against the team you're chasing. And if you're not saving him for the 13th to the last game in the heat of battle against the team you're chasing and you don't have him in there, then you were, save, you were not saving him. I don't know. I can't let it go. I can't. I'm going to have to try. As I read the uh, box score, going inside the box with Labor's International Union Local 113. And we're going to read the uh, second game. How's that sound? Avasail Garcia, one for three with a run scored. Yelly goes 0 for two, however, a couple of walks and did score a run. Brawny, two for three, a run scored, three RBIs, had a homer and a double, also was hit by a pitch. Garcia was hit by a pitch as well in the first pitch scene in the bottom of the first inning. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Keston Hira, he goes 0 for 1 with a walk, a run scored, was hit by a pitch also. Vogelbach goes 1 for 3. Jed Jerko 0 for 2 with an RBI. Uh, Orlando Arcia 2 for 3 with a run scored. Luis Urias 0 for 3. Jacob Nottingham goes 1 for 3, uh, 2 knocked in on that home run, obviously scored a run. Tyrone Taylor appears in the box scored, but did not get a plate appearance. Uh, pitching lines in game two, Brent Suter, three innings, two hits, no runs, a couple of walks and three strikeouts. Freddie Peralta, outstanding, two innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. Devin Williams, no hits, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts in one inning of work. Eric Yardley, one inning, no hits, no runs. 
no walks, and a strikeout. Uh, the Brewers in game two, six runs on seven hits, no errors. The Cardinals, no runs on just two hits in the ball game, one error. The win goes to Freddie Peralta. He's three and one. Aviedo uh, uh, is uh, is the loser in this one, and the Brewers now after the game two victory, twenty three and twenty six. They trail second place St. Louis and Cincinnati by just one run with just 11 games remaining. We need to hear from Ryan Braun. I'm not saying anything lightning rod material is going to come out of this, but I always love hearing from Brawny after a uh, victory, and we're going to do that up next. If you want to jump in here, 414-799-1250. It is the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. Tim Allen, after the doubleheader today, it was a split after the five-game series. The Brewers do take the series three games to two, so... As Craig Council said, uh, they it was like, you know, they held serve, and, and that's what they did. You bought another day of this season without uh, heading in the wrong direction. I think uh, I think we can all be happy with that heading into the off day tomorrow. You got a fresh pen, a fresh Josh Hader, Devin Williams be ready to go, Drew Rasmussen ready to go. I love those three in the back end of these games down the stretch here prior to starting a three-game set against the Royals. Final three games in Miller Park's named history, potentially, I guess. Would that be right? Yeah, potentially. I guess you could still throw that word in there. Uh, we'll hear from Brawny next. Tim Allen, Brewer Split today. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. It's time to go inside the clubhouse to hear what the players are saying after today's game on The Fan. It's brought to you by Windows Select. Right now, buy one and get one free. Plus, no payments until 2021. Call Windows Select today at 262-703-3500. Six zip. The Brewers win in game two of this doubleheader today. Uh, They lose 4-2 in the first game. And, uh, well, again, kissing your sister a little bit. They held serve, as Craig Council said. 23 and 26 mark with just 11 games remaining here. Man, it went quick. And now it's down to now people starting to take a peek at the, at the Brewers. It's obviously taking a peek at their fantasy football team and certainly uh, the Green Bay Packers and their situation. But you know, with the Bucks being eliminated, maybe getting a little look-see uh, by folks that yeah, haven't been really following the, the Brewers as much as the, the Bucks and now the Green Bay Packers. But Uh, The situation is this. The uh, Brewers just a game and a half back of that uh, final wild card spot with 11 to play. They're just a game out of second place. First and second in each division automatically head into the playoffs regardless of record. So they're one game back of both St. Louis and Cincinnati who are tied for second. They face Cincinnati after three against the Royals for three. And then they'll face the St. Louis Cardinals. So both teams that they're chasing, in a way, they control their own destiny. So, I mean, still, it's, it's you want to talk about ratcheting up. I mean, that's it's it's happening by the inning right now. All right, let's hear from Ryan Braun. Did not play in game one. Uh, that was well discussed it, well, for about an well over an hour right now. 
uh, but certainly made an impact in game two. 350 home runs in his career. Here's Bronny after the game. And how do you feel coming out of this series as a whole to take three of five, to split both doubleheaders? Where do you feel like you guys stand with 11 games left? We're in a good place. You know, we've, we've been in worse places with less games to play. So, um, you know, you always want to play meaningful games down the stretch. We've put ourselves in a position to be able to do that. Um, you know, we've gone through stretches, obviously, of not playing very good baseball. But I think we all still feel very fortunate that we have a chance. And I think that's all that you can hope for with 10, 11 games left, whatever the number is. Uh, we've been playing better baseball of late. I think we've been a little bit more consistently uh, swinging the bats well and, and putting pressure on the opponent, which is something that obviously we didn't do a good enough job of at the beginning of the season. Um, so I think we all feel good about where we're at. And, and you know, we like our chances based on our history of, of playing well over the next uh, 10, 11 days. Right, and your numbers this month personally are pretty good. How much of this is just you like the, the the setting in September, and how much of it is you're finally at that point now where you're feeling healthy and you've got the at bats under you, and you're kind of you know settled into where you'd normally be earlier in the season? Yeah, I mean it's definitely a combination of both. Obviously, uh, you know this is I'd say the first time all year I've gotten to 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 the point where I really feel like I'm healthy. I have my legs underneath me. It's been um, a very different and challenging year for all of us. I know I discussed it with you guys a few days ago, but just the stopping and starting aspect of the season for me personally um, just makes it challenging to to really be able to build up. But I feel like I'm at that place now. Um, I've always enjoyed playing in in bigger games and bigger moments. It's something I've always taken a lot of pride in. Uh, there's a different level of of focus and adrenaline that comes with that um you know but the challenge obviously is is continuing it and it's, it's more about moving forward and and continuing to uh put together quality at bats and help put our team in a position to win games what was your reaction to mike schultz post-game comments last night regarding the catcher's interference thing and obviously you'll have the playoff chase you have enough incentive but did it make the home run today tonight any sweeter at all uh, I don't know exactly what all of his comments were. The, the whole thing was, was a bit confusing and, and somewhat absurd to me. Um, I would never uh, intentionally hit a catcher's glove. I, I couldn't do that, literally, even if I tried. Um, I don't know that any hitter ever would or, or could do that intentionally. Uh, certainly, I would never want to see Yachty get hurt. Um, he's always been one of my favorite players to compete against. Uh, in the heat of the moment, I think emotions run high, and, and uh, I don't know exactly what was or wasn't said from each of the dugouts, um, but certainly it wasn't something that was done intentionally. I'm, I'm really glad that Yachty's uh, healthy. I think that it does add an element uh, of intensity to the game. I think both sides could feel that a little bit, um, and frankly, I think it makes it more enjoyable a little bit. Uh, you know, for, for all of us this year, it's felt so much different without fans that when you add the, the intensity uh, with what transpired yesterday, I think um, it helps pick up the level of, of play a little bit, which we saw tonight. Ryan, obviously when uh, you were hit, the umpires uh, raised their suspicions a little bit. Did it raise your suspicions? No, I really don't think I was hit intentionally. Obviously we had a couple guys that were hit uh, before me with fastballs up and in, and uh, it was a young, young pitcher with a good arm, um, you know, that when he tried to throw the ball inside, missed up and in uh, numerous times. But again, obviously with what transpired yesterday, I think that the umpires did a really good job of staying on top of it. Um, and again, I, I don't think that it was done intentionally. Ryan, do you think on the off day tomorrow, you'll reflect much on the upcoming series and what might, I mean, possibly could be your last one ever at Miller Park. Um, not really. You know, I think uh, as much as anything, it's just I, I feel grateful, um, you know, for, for being a part of so many special moments. Um, 
uh, excited by the fact that we still have an opportunity to play meaningful games. I think if, if the um, team was in a different position, I would probably take more time to reflect on that personally. Uh, but you just try to stay present, I think, at all times um, as you get late in a season like this, because every game is of the utmost uh, importance and significance. Uh, certainly, I'm aware of the fact that that's a possibility, but it's not something that I'll spend much time uh, thinking about or reflecting on. Ryan, where do you sort of stand on that question right now? Like, if there's an opportunity next season, do you have any leaning one way or the other about whether you'd continue to play? Um, not really. You know, let's see, let's see what our world looks like at that time. You know, there's so much going on right now in the world. Uh, obviously, our, our sport specifically is drastically different. Let's see what that looks like. Uh, I think I'll take my time in making a decision, um, you know, sit down with my family, see where we're at uh, in a couple months. It's not something that uh, it's not a decision that I anticipate making right away. Um, take some time to see where I'm at physically, see, see where things stand, uh, baseball specifically and, and um, you know, in, in the world uh, at large, I guess, before I, I make a decision about that. Okay. Uh, there he is, Ryan Braun. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, um, I don't know, newsflash, the world is going to be okay. We're all going to be okay. It's okay. We, we face challenges, and we get through challenges. It's a long time from right now, uh, number one. Number two, it certainly gave the vibe. Austin, you may want to gut check me on this, but it certainly gave the vibe that it might be the end of his career here in 11 games, hopefully into the playoffs and a few more. Yeah, that's kind of what I got when he said if the team wasn't you know, in a position to potentially make a postseason that he'd probably think about it a little bit more. That just, to me, kind of sounded like, you know, I, I might hang it up here. Yeah, it's, uh, wow. And then the other thing that, uh, good thing we're almost done here, almost set me ablaze again. I'm at a point where I feel healthy and I got my legs under me and, <laughs> oh boy, okay. So, you, so let me let me guess. You didn't start because it was a matchup situation against Wainwright, right? Where your career stats are like you're hitting two oh three against Wainwright. Is that it, Craig? Is that it, Ryan? Is that why you didn't play? Maybe he hangs one of those curveballs and you pollute it for a three run home run. Maybe. All right, uh, we'll come back. Check the scoreboard. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, well, we were fans of those guys today, and that's what you do in a pennant race. You look at the scoreboard. We'll have that for you next. Brewers split the doubleheader today. 11 games remain in the season. We'll be back on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show, and it's time to check the Major League scoreboard on the fan. Well, we know what happened today, the doubleheader. It was a split for the Brewers, but uh, significant in the fact that they did take three of five in this five-game set in three days. So, you know, a lot of baseball being played. And uh, they're right in the in in the mix here, right in the thick of things. Eleven games remain, and and they're chasing a couple of different teams for second place in the Central. Good news is, schedule says that after this uh, off day tomorrow, they've got a three-game set against the Kansas City Royals. But starting Monday, three-game set against the Reds. You know, in in terms of. If you're dead even at that point on Monday, you take two or three there, you're at least tied with the Reds with five to play. 
And then in theory, uh, boy, you know, who knows? I mean, you could be trailing the St. Louis Cardinals heading into a five-game set starting Thursday. Uh, single games each day except Friday. That's a doubleheader. I mean, you could in theory be down a couple of games and still have a, have a shot at this thing to get into the postseason. So, you know, the the for the most part, I would think that it's fair to say that they control their own destiny. I, th- I think that's a fair statement. And and the offense needs to pick it up. Uh, by the way, Eric Lauer uh, added uh, to uh, the roster today. That was a 29th man type situation. Josh Lindblom goes on uh, bereavement. But I wonder on the Eric Lauer if they're going to send out Topa because just in case things do go sideways, um, they would have to wait 10 days to bring Lauer back. There's just not enough time for that. And I, I suspect they're considering just keeping Lauer on the, on the roster. That would, that would be my guess. And that would set them up for uh, you know any emergency start, a doubleheader start next Friday. Uh, it would open the door to a lot of different things. All right, Austin, Texas. What went on around the uh, NL Central and Major League Baseball? Well, it's not great news tonight in the Central for the Brewers tonight. Uh, we'll start in Cincinnati, uh, where the Pitts- where Pittsburgh was uh, there to face the Reds tonight. Luis Castillo goes seven innings, gives up no runs with 10 Ks, leads the Reds to a one nothing victory. Yeah, he's starting to put things together a little bit, and, and the Brewers may have to face him. What's today? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, yeah, they will definitely face him in that series in Cincy. All right, uh, so that was in Cincinnati. Now we head to Chicago where the Cubs are actually in the bottom of the 10th right now, tied 2-2 with the Indians. Um, the Cubs currently have the bases loaded with Javi Baez up to bat oh, with a great. chance to walk it off. Um, they've also had the bases loaded with no outs, so they've got two outs without scoring a run. So Is that game in Chicago? Yep, it's in Chicago. Yeah, so hopefully so Cleveland can uh, hang tough and force 11. Uh, we'll jump to the standings now. The Cubs, while this game is still going on, they sit 29 and 20. They have a five-game lead on the Reds, who are 25 and 26, and also a five-game lead on the Cardinals, who are 22 and 23. The Brewers sit six games back of first place uh, with a 23 and 26 record. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, they're just one game back of that second spot. Yep. And Pittsburgh is in the basement at 14 and 34, 14 and a half back. And uh, finally, the uh, the commissioner's office, uh, Rob Manford, was talking about some of the playoff scenarios here, and we announced that yesterday that you know the playoff structure is is pretty much set. They're going to bubble up after the first round, but in the first round, best of three series. And and I will say this: if Brewers get in um, with Woody and Burns going in the first two games. Uh, if that's the way it, it lines up. Because you never know, they may have to use those guys to even get there uh, late in this uh, regular season. That Hey, that gives the Brewers a puncher's chance here, and that does leave things up to the offense for the most part. Those games would be at the higher seeds park. After that, then it's in the bubble. However, uh, once they get to the LCSs, and the World Series, it looks like Manfred's doing a heavy lean toward getting fans in those games. So that is good news. When Ryan Braun wonders about what the world is going to look like, it's going to look okay, Ryan Braun. I just, I, this isn't a news flash here. We're not going to deal with COVID for the next five years. I can promise you that. It's not going to happen, Brawny. We'll have to uh, get our way through this challenge now, but... 
Well, it is interesting, and we'll, we'll maybe delve back into uh, some of the audio that Ryan Braun had uh, to say here tonight. It sounded a little bit like, and we're in the um, read-into business. That's what we do here uh, as a sports talk show host. We do read into things, and we all do as fans. We all try and figure out what he really, really means by this. And it did sound as if that probably this this could be it. I would say that there's a better than 50-50 shot than uh, that Braun is, is done after this year. I, I got to say. I mean, what a great career, too. Just just fantastic in a Brewers uniform. One of the best ever. Um, and, and I can already hear the debate on, you know, the Bart Winkler morning show or Bill Michaels show or the Wendy's Big Show or some of the off-season conversation. If, you know, would they issue Brawny's number? Should they retire Brawny's number? Is there even a, a, a walk of fame, a wall of honor? Is it... Um, is it blasphemy to say that uh, you know there, there there may be a statue? I mean, who knows? All those conversations uh, are going to occur if indeed this is Bronny's last little run here. So, going to be interesting. Really, keep an eye on Sunday too. I know you'll have your hands full uh, with Green Bay Packers coverage, but uh, really keep an eye on Sundays late in that game if Bronny is in the game. In in you know his mannerisms. Uh, if they show him on TV, obviously we can't get in there to take a look. But um, I know if I were Braun leaving Miller Park that afternoon, um, if I'm in right field or whatever, and you're you're coming in to, to bat or the game ends right there, hopefully the game ends right there, uh, and, and it's a Brewers victory, how he comes off that field I think is going to be key. Uh, what would you do? I mean, your last game at, at at a park like that, you played your entire career there. I would look around. I would, you know, uh, there would be some reflection. There would be just maybe a pause. Who knows? That's going to be interesting. Don't you agree, Austin, that that would I think it would, would be, be an absolute disappointment if he didn't come back for another year and got that round of applause from, from the Milwaukee fan base. It would be a disappointment. Now he will be back in, and there'll be some, you know, ceremonies or whatever to say farewell. I could see that campaign going all all day long. Him it wouldn't be the same, though. No, I I agree with you. And to have counts pull him off the field in front of a Miller Park crowd, that would and should have been the way Ronnie went out. Not saying that he's going to retire. Uh, Brewers and Bronny have a team. Uh, have a uh, there's a mutual option. And a four million dollar buyout. So I believe the mutual option is uh, some fifteen million. So they can save eleven million dollars on the four mil buyout. But boy, it's a shame if if he had to go out that way. You're right. All right, we're going to take a uh, timeout tomorrow as the Brewers with their final off day, and then it's uh, the run to the finish. There, uh, three game set starts on Friday. We'll have the on deck show for you. Brewers and Royals. Mike Matheny back in town as. Uh, you think it's bad with Schilt in the Cardinals. Remember those days with Matheny in the Cardinals. But I don't know if there's any bad blood between the Royals and the Brewers. It's probably good, if anything. On Deck Show gets you ready for game one at six. After the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Baby Shade and Blind postgame show. Uh, we'll talk then. Three-game set Royals. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Three-game set against the Reds. And then Thursday through Sunday, a five-game series to wrap up the regular season against the Cardinals. This 
is just starting to get good, guys. Let's talk some Brewers baseball on the way out here. Thanks to uh, Austin, Texas. My name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great night. We'll talk to you again on Friday. And remember, as always, smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.